Hey NAI football fans, Corey Thorpe here with another edition of the NAI Ball Podcast, powered by AdCraft USA, your custom apparel, merch, and uniform experts. Our friends at AdCraft have been with us for many years now. They've run web stores for us multiple times. These guys are NAI fans and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. AdCraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online, shipping the product, and helping your customers so you can get back to the game. Find them online at adcraftusa.com. All right, guys, tonight we start the final stretch into the season. We're under 100 days left. Yeah, I believe tomorrow is exactly 90 days. Yep, until the paint bucket game between Valley City and Jamestown. Yep, August 25th, we got two big games. Um, one we're going to talk about today in our uh, AAC preview, and then the paint bucket, uh, the, the two North Star rivals. Uh, really excited to get that going. Just exciting times, 90 days away starting tomorrow. You got kids. Uh, you know, I'm talking to a lot of coaches, Corey. Sounds like a lot of football players or NAI players are staying home or excuse me, staying on campus instead of going home this year. I know I was talking to Faulkner University the other day, and they have a lot of kids that are deciding to you know, pick up a summer job, pick up some summer courses, be really fruitful. And I, I think that's going to really show for their season. And I, I have a feeling it's the same way NAIA-wide. As we evolve as a sport, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, these kids are all going home. You know, loving on their parents, loving on their family, getting a summer job at home, which is all fine and dandy. But I think now in 2022, these kids are realizing that I only get so much longer this and this is over. Football is not a game that I can play a pickup. I just can't go pick up pads and go play out in the rec park. So it's, it's awesome to see that. And you know the coaches are, are happy about that as well because anytime that you get to have your kids there where they're going to yeah. be, where you can see the workouts they're doing. Right. You're not just relying on just a, a booklet you gave them. Right, uh, exactly. And they're being held accountable where you can see them right there. And, you know, even with the tech today, even if they do go home, you know, they're meeting constantly and communicating with these guys, making sure. But, you know, bottom line, I'm excited to talk some Appalachian Athletic Conference football. So a couple of, of things to note before we get going here is that, of course, as always, we are brought to you by Empowered by AdCraft uh, USA, your custom merch apparel and uh, uniform experts. They do a fantastic job. We've, we've said it before. They've done a couple web stores for us. They are the best in the business. Um, the other thing that I want to bring up is that, John, I looked at the... Uh, I looked at our YouTube stats the other day, and uh, we're close to 500, right? We are close to 500. Would Would you believe that about 85 percent of our watch hours are by people who are not subscribed to the channel? That's absolutely insane. Because if probably at least half of those that watch that aren't subscribed, man, that would make a world of difference and a way to support us for free. Absolutely, you don't have to. You don't have to be a patron to do to to support us. You can support us for free through YouTube, and. Uh, Guys, when we are able to do the monetization, um, yes, it's going to mean an ad or two for you, but that's going to increase what we can do in our coverage of NAI football. It's going to allow us to uh, get better gear. It's going to allow us to well, We're hoping travel. in five to ten years we're doing a weekly thing. Right, exactly. And, you know, uh, and I would love to speed that process up faster. I know the kids would love that. Um, you know, As we go along, the kids that we're covering today, we're going to come – 
successful alumni, and I know that they appreciate us. And, you know, give to the kids now that you wish you had. That's the reason why I started and why Corey joined along with me. Um, you know, it, it's basically a service. We're not asking for anything crazy. Um, you know, even for our patrons on patreon.com, all we ask is, you know, for a dollar a month, which is, you know, inflation rates is, is a McChicken, a little bit more than a McChicken <laughs> now a month. Uh, you know, we're not trying to price gouge anybody for money. We're not, we're, we're just trying to do a service here, which I played NAI football. I know I wish I had a voice um, with the controversy of NAI ball or baseball brothers over there and NAI itself. Um, you know, it, it's important to have independent media cover these kids. Absolutely, it is. We see that the, the love they're, they're getting poured out, and rightly so. They are the OGs of the NAI sports space. But let's get to the getting here, and let's talk about the AAC a little bit different. John, why haven't we talked about the AAC before? Well, you know, Corey, the AAC is separate for other sports other than football this past few years, and now they have finally split off from the Mid-South Conference, which was a wing of the division of the Mid-South. Now they are by themselves. And from what we've, we've talked to people, this has been a long time coming. They've, they had announced that they were going to do this several years ago. Right. Uh, the, the, the folks I feel worst for over here is Faulkner. Because yeah, those, those poor jokers just got into the Dagum Appalachian just to be booted back to the bluegrass. They've, they've, so they will have been in every Mid-South division over the past three years. Right, and now they're back to traveling up to Kentucky. That's the, and, and look, you, you probably know better than most. That's not something Faulkner likes to do. Yeah, well, not only is it costly, but it's, it's absolutely exhausting taking you know anywhere from 10 to 14-hour bus rides. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's not fun at all. So tonight we're talking the AAC. We're going to go bottom to the top in terms of uh, kind of a net yards per play idea. So some of these might be a little out of order in terms of what the standings were from last year, but basically looking at some sort of a, a power ranking from, from a year ago where we take a look at the, the offensive yards per play minus the defensive yards per play given up and kind of get a, a you know, just a rough figure of what you were last year. Yeah, that, that margin is definitely a tone setter as we look for this. Um, you know, I will say this isn't like FBS football that you guys see covered where they absolutely know who's coming back. Sometimes we might miss because, like we said, there's not much coverage on these guys. We are the coverage. Yeah. And if we don't have it, I guarantee you no one has it. But we've done a great job staying in contact with these coaches and seeing who's returning. And, uh, and a big thing of our list, and I, I think you do a great job at it, is seeing what all-conference players are returning. I think that's a huge metric. And, you know, seeing where these teams should belong preseason. So the only one that we really do know for sure and certain um, within, you know, you know 5% kind of, you know, doubt, but we're, we're very certain about is going to be Reinhardt. And the only reason that we know that one, uh, as well as we do, is because I literally asked the head coach like a couple months yeah, ago. Yeah, and, and, you know, Coach Miller over there is absolutely awesome in communicating with us. Absolutely. So let's start at the bottom here. We have uh, the Point Skyhawks here out of uh, you know, the, the Alabama-Georgia line, as it yeah, were. Yeah, so Point's an interesting place. They're in West Point, Georgia, on campus. 
But they played their football in Valley, Alabama, right on that Georgia-Alabama line. That really screwed me yeah. up when I tried to go visit yeah. them. And I, and I go to West Point, Georgia, and there's no football field. No football field. It's a really cute downtown. Right. Abso- yeah, West Point, Georgia is an absolutely gorgeous place on but the But it's line. like 15 minutes away in right. another state. Right, absolutely. So, you know, kind of weird there. But, uh, you know, Corey, a lot of people don't realize that Point University won the Mid-South Sun Division uh, you know, just like six, seven years ago, I believe. Yeah, it wasn't it's long ago, and and you know that was the bright spot in their program so far. They're a young program still, and then they dropped right back off. So if you guys remember Cincinnati Christian uh, a few years back, who uh, you know just had blunders, they finally got up, got a win, and then the program shut down. Yep. I'm going to butcher the coach's name, Coach Ziders, <laughs> Trevor Ziders. Um, he was the head man there. Um, he looked for a job. He became the defense coordinator at Point these past mm-hmm. couple seasons. Well, now he is returning back to the head gig at Point University. Um, you know, talking to those guys, it sounds like they had an impressive um, offense alignment class, defense alignment class come in. They really stayed within their home base. Uh, if you don't know high school football, Alabama and Georgia absolutely grow some monsters in the trenches. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm eager to see how Point relies on some young guys. I think they had a roster flip because, as Corey has in his notes, they only had two all-conference guys last year. Um, but, Corey, I'll let you go ahead and take your input on Point. So to be fair, with Coach Zider's defense, they, their defense outplayed their offense. Uh, they're, they're number four in conference in, in defensive uh, yards per play. Um, there were some, there were some, just hearted numbers. Which coach is a defensive guy, right? Exactly. Yeah, so. And so that was that was his thing. And now, really, the thing is going to be: is he going to be able to rehabilitate the offense? Uh, you do return Aaron Anderson at your linebacker position, who who had a pick along with eighty tackles and six and a half tackles for loss a year ago. But you lose a defensive lineman in Parker Clemens, who. Uh, did have uh, seven tackles for loss and, and two and a half sacks and a, and a forced fumble. So there's really nowhere to go but up. Uh, Gabriel uh, Jacone Duffy uh, was freshman of the year in the Appalachian Division right. there with two forced fumbles and, and 13 sacks. Absolutely. One thing I'll say about point, and I, I'm really positive on this year, like I said, the OLDL class coming in, but Coach Tabor, the offensive line coach, who is a point alum, who's seen success there before, um, you know, I think he's a big piece to the puzzle. Because honestly, Corey, in the NAI, if your offensive line coach isn't one of your top coaches on staff, you're not very good. And I hate to say it, I'm an offensive line guy. Your offense, defense line is what wins games. Oh, and yeah. I, I think that's what Point has going for them. They got a great offensive line coach. They got young guys coming in. You know. Can they be competitive? I think so, but I think they might be a year away. Yeah, I mean, and to be fair, there's a lot of room um, to to grow in the Appalachian. Um, it's it's not until you get to kind of the top three teams where you really have some fiercer competition in that in that division. I, I think you know if if you do take a step as as the Skyhawks. You could definitely find yourself being fourth after this year. Well, you know, and the two teams really to beat, you know, Reinhardt definitely number one. They've yeah, they've sure. had they've had the they've had the consecutive division titles. They haven't really let it go. Yeah. And the Appalachian. And then Kentucky Christian, you know, 
after Coach Phipps left a couple years ago, they kept up the offensive hot streak over there. Yeah. And, um, you know, they – and their defense came out of nowhere. That's one thing they improved on when Phipps left. Yeah. Um, but, anyways, the big thing is what we want to see, and we're about to go over these two teams in a little bit, who comes out on top of Point Union and St. Andrews? That is really the, the big, big question. question. Yeah. Who gets out of that grouping there? Now, Union – here at, at number five, had a great rushing attack. They picked up Isaiah Wright, the, the last chance U alum. Um, and, and he's still got, near as I can reckon, he's still got a year of eligibility left. And that Union running attack was really good. Oh, yeah. What year was he again? Isaiah? I want to say he was like that first I think first he was a year. freshman, yeah. He came on the scene out of nowhere. He started out red hot last year. Um, you know, I, I, a little small note talking about NAI boss, our union baseballs building a players lounge. Nice. I'm wondering if the football program has something cooked up over there. We'll have to see. Union was fifth across the board, fifth in offense, fifth in defense, fifth overall in uh, net yards per play. Isaiah Wright's really the guy on on off, offense. Went over the uh, thousand yard mark with 12 touchdowns a year ago. Look at their defensive line, though, with two uh, D linemen that got all conference nods for the Bulldogs, Davon Moore and Laron uh, Mugashi. There, you do lose Taron Cox in your defensive backfield, and and really, he w- he had a nose for the ball with nine pass breakups. But this is this is really the thing, as we talked about with Point, where are you going to land in kind of this bottom half? Of the Appalachian. Well, you know, it really depends on quarterback play, to be yeah. honest. You know, Isaiah Wright was the first NAI All-American for Union since 2010. Wow. So it's been over 10 years since that happened. So definitely impressive from the youngster. Um, it really, it just depends on quarterback play. Can something balance that out? Yeah, you, you've got to have it there. They, they weren't great on in the air. You didn't have to with Isaiah Wright controlling the game. Um but now you have St. Andrews here. Uh, was 500 a year ago. They had a good offense last year, and they, they do uh, return a all-conference running back and an all-conference lineman. Their defense was last in the Appalachian, gave up almost seven yards per play. Jeez. And so now they have a new head coach to go along with it. Right. And so the Knights are looking to kind of reset, and we'll see where they go from here. Well, I, I think, like you said, they open with Lindsey Wilson to start the season. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a big one. And then after that is Campbellsville, who's going to be improved. Um, you know, that's why we're so focused on who's coming out of this group of three Whereas, you know, St. Andrews has showed promise in the past. They've had some really good offensive weapons, but they've just never been able to put anything together. You know, what I'm really excited for is St. Andrews also gets a chance to play one of those Division One teams in Davidson, you know, the home of Steph Curry. Yeah. So, you know. Do you think they can kick field goals, you know, <laughs> the three-pointer? Yeah, who knows? But St. Andrews does lose uh, Kashar Cohen's. They're almost a 1,000-yard receiver and an all-conference li- offensive lineman in Myron Jones, but... So looking at this bottom half of of Point Union and St. Andrews, really and truly, you know, 
I would almost expect because of the new head coach and and everything that's going to go with that, for maybe St. Andrews takes a step back out of this well, group. And and you know as good as I do that the facilities aren't the best there. I'm wondering what turnover they had. Maybe not these main guys that we're talking about coming back, but some turnover, some role players. Because in AI football, you know, you can have the best two guys, but if your three through 21 aren't solid, you're not going very far. And, and we do know that they have had we, – we've seen some pictures that have been posted to Twitter of, of their facilities and, and stuff like that. And we really do hope that they've gotten those issues rectified because that's – Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, that's, that's disappointing to see. Um, but we'll have to see. So you could see St. Andrews take a step back. I could see Point taking a step forward here. Uh, even though they do have the new head coach, I, I think having a guy who's familiar with how Point works, having coached there for a few years now, is going to be something that's going to help them with the transition. Um, and, and you might see Point you know, get off the schneid a little bit, maybe catch three or four wins. Right, absolutely. We'll see. So we, then we look at the top half here. You know, Kentucky Christian, like we said, absolutely impressive new era they ushered in. Um, Jordan Brown, you know, was not only all-conference guy, but he was the freshman offensive player of the year for the Appalachian. Um, you know, they really ran the ball well last year. They really did. Uh, even though their offense was was bottom half in the Appalachian with four and a half yards per play, their defense was was vastly improved. I mean, it wasn't that long ago where these numbers would be flipped and they'd have the number two offense in the, in the conference and the number four defense. So they've really done a good job defensively, only allowing about five yards per play, which you know, kind of surprising that five yards per play is. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know. Like I said, it was impressive that they ran the ball. Their head coach is, you know, an ex-quarterback yeah. at Campbellsville, uh, Coach Russell over there. And uh, like I said, they've done a great job, I felt like, building within the trenches. Uh, you know, I, I feel like losing Chris Draper is going to be a big loss for them and some other guys in that front seven. Yeah, Devin Bacchus there at linebacker was just such a big uh, key them in, in the middle, kind of their, their stopper, along with Ethan Owens there. But, you know, they went 6-2. and two. Why are we mentioning them at number three? Yeah, well, you know, and how they finished 2021 was disappointing. Yeah. When they went up against the top two teams, Faulkner and Reinhardt, and they took losses. Yeah. You know, they started out so hot in the division, and then, you know, when it was the top two teams, you know, yeah, they, they folded. So who we have as, our, as the number two overall here, just based on, again, the yards per play, is Bluefield. Their defense was middle tier with 5.64 yards per play given up, but their offense led by freshman quarterback Nathan Herstich. Yeah, he caught the scene early. Um, I can't remember who their first game was last year, but I think he put up a couple hundred total yards in that first game and caught our eye. I seem to remember him... him Tossing up like something like six or seven touchdown passes in in a couple of games, and just we're sitting there going, quoting uh, Vince Dooley over here. My God, a freshman! Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, you know LeBron Fields, another uh, pick here for All Conference, five hundred and sixty-three yards. They do bring back two All Conference offensive linemen, which 
That's always a good thing. They had about 6.19 yards per play offensively, but they lose their big defensive stopper, Demarcus Wimbush, who was, I hate using the word multiple, but Wimbush had his hand in the dirt. He'd play right. linebacker. I'd, I'd seen him play slot and, and a little bit of that, maybe that star role at, at Bluefield. And now he's gone, and, and, and with him, 126 tackles, two forced fumbles, and three picks. Well, and, you know, flipping back to the offensive side, I think one thing that really hurts Bluefield, and especially Hurstitch over there, is uh, the loss of Jaquan Ebron at the wide receiver position, who swept a lot of awards last year. Yeah. Made a big, big deal that, that really helped that young quarterback out. A lot of that yards, a lot of it was contributed to him, and even when he wasn't getting the ball, he caught the defense's attention. So I want to see what receiver steps up for him. But like I said, this team is only going as far as Hurstich takes them. Yeah, and, and Hurstich can work on that accuracy, only 56.6% passing. Uh, you know, a lot of the, the top quarterbacks we see in the NAI are in that 62 to 65% range. And so that's, that's definitely somewhere where he can improve. But, I mean, he's all, almost throwing for 4,000 yards here. You know, now you've got a year, well, two years underneath you because he, he was a transfer in. Um, so he's got two years of college ball under his belt now. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe he starts to, to break out here. And, and another interesting thing about Bluefield, looking down their schedule, um, they have Emory and Henry College on the schedule, which is a Division two, which is only like an hour-plus away from Bluefield. That's not bad. Yeah, that those are games that need to happen, especially with the Mid-South splitting up. You're mm -hmm. able to get some intertwined NCAA games, which is, I think, very important for NAIA teams. Yeah, and now to be fair um, – you know, you are, you, you do, you do have a scheduling um, alliance between the mid south and yeah, the mid south and, and the Appalachian right. for the next for the next couple of years, which is which is really nice for the Appalachian. It's something the Sun's not getting, and we'll talk about them a little bit later on in, in the off season. But you're seeing teams like Kaiser having. Uh, are picking up games against Division II absolute juggernauts over here. Absolutely. And so that's that's something the Sun Conference just isn't getting, and we'll, we'll have to see how that plays. But the elephant in the room and the returning champion, you know, several years running, is, is Reinhardt. And really and truly, the question, I, I don't know that the question is, especially now that you've lost Faulkner, yeah, I don't think the question is who's winning no. the Appalachian. I think the question is who is going to who who is going to make that two through six jump that starts the ascension to where in a couple years they can make Reinhardt nervous. Which I don't think anyone's close to Reinhardt. Uh, just keep it up with Reinhardt during the spring, which you know they do an awesome job. You know, keeping kids in Georgia to them and those NAI D3, D2 level kids, which, you know, they lose some D2 kids to other state of Georgia schools, which is what it is. But those NAI level kids, they're coming to Reinhardt there if they're in the state of Georgia. But another thing I liked is that uh, Coach Miller told everybody that 
if you see a single digit number in the fall, that means they really had to earn it in the spring to wear a single digit number. You do lose a lot. You you do. And, you know, this is the first Reinhardt team we're going to see without Billy Hall. I think he was at least a two-year starter. Maybe three. He was definitely a three-year starter. Yeah, because we, of the COVID season. Correct? Yeah, we – um Yeah. And he really did. 2019 COVID season 21. Yeah. And he got better as it went along. Very much you, so. You remember a few years ago where they were absolutely one-dimensional, and then last year they really changed it up to where he threw for 1,670 yards. Yeah, and, and was such a weapon. Um, I remember that game against Faulkner. You know, Faulkner could no longer key on Billy Hall running the football, even though he did. Right. Um, they couldn't key on that, and they had to look and they had to cover everyone else. It's going to be a, a a big loss here for center Jake Brock. That's been a, a five year guy. Absolutely. For James Miller, and you know centers are just a communication down the line. They call the fronts. They tell the assignments. Um, but what? What we know about Reinhardt Corey is that their brand of football is always super physical. They're coached by offensive line. But we just said earlier in the show that if you're going to be good at NAI football, your offensive line coach better be high up on the staff. But you're going to be even better when your head coach is an offensive lineman guy. Um, you know, Reinhardt starts their schedule out in 90 days starting tomorrow against Faulkner University on August 25th. Um, you know, that's going to be a heavy measuring stick game. Um, you know, they won that game 14 to six last year and, uh, you know, we'll know how good Reinhardt is after that game, you know, which they've had a winning streak against Faulkner. I don't think Faulkner's beaten Reinhardt since 2015 and they've played consistently, you know, yeah. since then. My, my one big burning question for Reinhardt is, uh, especially if you get a guy who's a little more of a pocket guy, right. Um, or, uh, a, a little more willing than Billy Hall was to to throw the ball, uh, especially early in his career, um, is can someone not named Navari Solomon step up? Because that was the one thing I think that hampered them in that Faulkner game, was Faulkner did a really, really good job of covering Navari Solomon. Now, Solomon did get deep on him and beat him for a, a touchdown pass. Right, absolutely. But that's... And, and I think one thing other... we're, we're really missing here is that, you know, Reinhardt almost has a no-fly zone. With, you know, with their, you know, they had four all-conference defensive backs last year, and two of them are returning. Um, you know, five interceptions are returning. Yeah, and that's, and that's always a huge deal. And it starts up front with John Perry on the defensive line, two forced fumbles, Kenneth Lowry getting in there with two forced fumbles of his own. That defense plays into the hands of their offense. I absolutely agree. Because Reinhardt's going to try to, they're not going to play slow, but they're going to grind you into a fine powder. Right. And, you know, a, a big thing to this puzzle, too, is flipping back to the offense. They just hired a new offense coordinator this offseason with Pobolish, who's, you know, had championship pedigree at Delta State over there in Mississippi and southeastern Louisiana. Um, you know, really eager to see how that continues. But, you know, Similar, not comparing Reinhardt to anybody, but how Morningside has dominated the G-Pack, which I know they're starting to dominate on a national level, always being so high in the playoffs. But Reinhardt is that version for the Appalachian. The culture, you might lose kids, but the culture remains the same. Right, and, you know, look, think about it. 
this Reinhardt team is barely a full class of kids yeah. away from having been in the national championship yeah, game it, against St. Francis. Right. That, that wasn't long. that long ago. You know, and so you're very right. But here's the difference. You know, since we've been covering this, you know, when when we started back in back in 2018, right? You know, in the GPAC, you you had you had Morningside, and and then you had uh, Northwestern, who was at the very least going to have a, a winning season, right? Uh, and maybe not always challenge Morningside. But now you've got a Northwestern team who is challenging Morningside every time. Their games are always one score. Right. You've got a Dork team that's coming up that is making life really nerve-wracking for both Northwestern and Morningside. So how is the Ath- uh, Appalachian Athletic Conference going to develop that same parity now that they're on their own will... Well, being kind of in their own conference now, yeah, make it to where uh, maybe things are a little bit more even keeled and a little, and, and you see some growth from some of these second second tier teams turning into real challengers in three or four years. Right, absolutely. Well, you know, it, it goes back to just saying that, like I said, players come and go out of Reinhardt. And they do a great job. One, the NAI is a revolving door for players. It just is what it is. But teams like Reinhardt do a great job. You talk about Jake Brock, who was a five-year guy. Reinhardt does a great job of keeping their guys the whole time through their career there. Not only that, Corey, but what we said earlier about Reinhardt recruiting the state of Georgia. On National Signing Day, they had 33 players, Inc., to sign with the Eagles. You know, 90 over 90 percent were from the state of Georgia. You know how many players were signed outside of Florida, Georgia, Alabama, this little region right here? Probably about two or three. One, one, one from New Jersey. So that kid had to have been really special. And you know, and you look up more on him. <laughs> that's the and, and that's the thing. You, you know, you talk about your your NAI teams and their willingness to sign kids after signing day and go and right. go find ones that fall through the cracks. I wonder, and it would be something to look at, the guys who are signing just an absolute ton and have their class lined up by signing day, Yeah, are they, you know, are they finding a better quality of player playing by kind of the same playbook as the, the bigger schools, or are those diamonds in the rough really where you need to stay? Well, I know for sure Reinhardt's the type of program, and there's some other ones that are like this, once they're past signing day, they're pretty much done. They've found their guys because they do such a great job of keeping their guys there all four years. They don't have to, you know, a lot of NAI teams will recruit, you know, 2022 guys even now. We're we're getting into the summer, and some will even take them now. Whereas Reinhardt's like, well, we got our team. We're ready to go. That's what a successful program looks like. They identify the recruits they want that they think fits their system, and they go get them. And that's why the culture is so great there. It's implemented. They're a physical brand of football, and it's going to stay that way because they identify what they want, what they need. They get them there, and, you know, names come and go. We, we remember the names, like Trey Coney, who was, mm-hmm. you know, the big tackle for them, very impressive. You know, Reinhardt's going to find another Trey Coney, 
Maybe not six foot four, but <laughs> yeah, very physical. Yeah. So I, I, I think how we should uh, button this one up is generally how we do. We, we choose ourselves a our pick to, okay. to win the 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 conference and, and then we pick a dark horse okay obviously i think i think we're both going to pick the same yeah reinhardt reinhardt's no i mean you're so biased you're wearing their shirt for this preview i mean my my, my reinhardt raincoat because it was raining <laughs> is, is, is over there yeah so those guys set us up good no lie yeah, thank you guys and and so you know I, I i try to at least match the theme that's right that's right so and and i mean i you might not be able to see it, but I got the Reinhardt background. I, I tried to say themed. Um, who's your dark horse? You know, I want to go with Union, but we got a new head coach there. Um, I love Isaiah Wright. Um, I love that they bounced back. Two years ago, that was a winless football team. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be between me, it's going to go between – Bluefield and Kentucky Christian, but I, I think I'm going to go with Kentucky Christian. Go with the Knights over there. All right, good because I'm picking. I'm picking Bluefield, even though they were one and six a year ago. Yeah, I think I think they they found their guy, and getting the right guy at quarterback is so important because then you don't have to worry about that, especially a guy who's who's just a sophomore. You can build around that. You you can kind of get. Pick your spots on offense with players that you want to bring in. Right. But you can really focus on building your defense and making that much better. Um, not that it was bad, but you, you were losing a huge piece into Marcus Wimbush. You know, Corey, I'll button it up like this. I, I like our dark horse picks. I really, we're just picking for number two here. Basically. And, and, and like uh, – we're not here to make you guys feel good. We're here to give you guys adequate coverage. Um, we don't want anybody to feel like they're world beaters. But, Corey, you know, you talked about your dark horse. Your dark horse, Bluefield, you know, even though they finished one and six, they were the only team besides Faulkner to hold Reinhardt within two possessions within the conference. And that, and, and that was so, I mean. Which Faulkner lost by eight. But right. Bluefield was the only one in the stratosphere being close to Faulkner. Right, and and that's and that's because they had enough offense to kind of, to to right to offset a to offset bit. it. Yeah, exactly. And they didn't get picked off and and force fumbled as as much as some of the other. Right, ones which did. this year's a whole new year. So I'm looking. I'm excited. I know we have a few coaches we'd like to talk to in this conference, um, but we're we're ready to get it going. Nine ninety one days tonight. Probably you know less than ninety when this gets yeah. posted. We're we're excited. It's coming quickly, and and as we go through this, we're gonna do the uh, conferences alphabetically so that no right. one, no one uh, thinks we're playing favorites. No one thinks we're playing favorites over here. You'll notice we started with the A's. Yeah, there you go. Um, you know, and, and it, it's a great place to start. Um, but join us as we go through the rest of these again. If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe. It's we we can't overstate how much getting that monetization level is going to be just huge for us. If we got 5,000 subs, I would take a two-guard and shave my head. A two-guard. 
What would your wife think about that? Well, I mean, it's the same haircut. I always get too hard, kind of leave some. You rascal. (laughs) (laughs) So, for John Cooper, (laughs) I am Corey Thorpe, and uh, we'll see y'all later. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIF Ball Podcast, presented by AdCraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. Thanks also to Mommy Bay Turf and Turf Nation, as well as Leading Edge Fundraising for their support of the podcast. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to the podcast as well as to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, head over to patreon.com slash n-a-i-a-f-b-a-l-l and become a patron. We can't do what we do without our sponsors and listeners like you.